Welcome to another episode of BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese. And for this episode, this is episode 52, uh, the first episode of 2017, I talk with the all-girl punk band, or at least two members, Maria and Natasha, of the all-girl punk band Jigsaw Youth. And Jigsaw Youth is a newer group from New York. They're influenced by the old Riot Girl style, which is, if for those of you who are unfamiliar with Riot Girl, it was a it was a feminist punk movement that began in the 90s, and there's still Riot Girl bands today. Uh, the most famous is probably Bikini Kill. As many of you know, that's what I do on this show. I talk with people who are pursuing their creative passions, and I have a free form interview with them and just try to have a conversation and really bring them out and have them talk about their process and what why they're passionate about what they're passionate about and i've talked with comedians actors musicians uh anybody you know along those lines who's taking a risk and just not going for the comfortable nine to five lifestyle and just going after what they really want to do and I, and I hope you enjoy this episode and the conversation I had with these girls about their music and what what they love about playing shows and what their goals are. And I, I think it was a good conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Hey, how's Hello? it going? Hey, what's up? Uh, not much. How are you doing? So I'm interviewing three people, right? Is that... Uh, just the two. It's me and Nastasha. Okay. Um, so I guess... Do you want to introduce yourself and just talk about uh, your music? I guess it's uh, sort of Bikini Kill influence, right? Sort of like the Riot Girl style you're going for? Um, originally, yeah. So uh, my name is... Can you hear us? Because you're on speaker. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so my name is Maria Alvarez, and I play bass and sing for Jigsaw Youth. Hi, I'm Nastasha Beck, and I play guitar for Jigsaw Youth. And, yeah, it was originally a Riot Girl thing, but we've, like, branched out from it. I mean, we still identify with it a lot, because we do consider ourselves, like, huge feminists, but um, it kind of bothered us that, like, when you see, like, an all-girl punk band, they're immediately, like, uh, like what's it called, um, grouped as Riot Girl, and we don't want to be, like, part of that. Like, just because we're all girls and we play punk music doesn't mean that we're Riot Girl. We can just play punk music. Okay, oh, yeah. So the, uh, but the, I guess the, the band name, I guess, it came from the Bikini Kill, right? Was that the yeah. Jigsaw? Yeah, uh, so Jigsaw Youth is a Bikini Kill song, and one of the lyrics for uh, Jigsaw Youth was Won't Fit Your Definition, and we thought that that, describe us perfectly because we can't fit anyone's definition we're just us and uh how did you first get into this style of music 
You want to do it first? Because she's... Nastasha has been in punk music since she was, like, in the womb. <laughs> well, um, so, I mean, I grew up mostly on, like, alternative rock, and my family is, like, really big into um, listening to all types of music. But I guess once I got to high school, um, a friend of mine, she was, like, super hardcore. She's like, have you ever heard of Black Flag? And I was like, what the fuck is Black Flag? And then um, ever since then, like, I just, I did a complete headfirst dive into <laughs> um, punk music, and I got familiar with, like, a lot of, um, like West Coast punk and like DC punk and everything, and then got more into grunge and everything. So I, I don't know. I I was more interested in the energy that it had to offer. So I figured I wanted to do something like that. In my angsty high school days. So <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah. And I grew up like my parents were really into like psychedelic rock and like progressive rock. So we listened to a lot of like. Um, like Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and Led Zeppelin, stuff like that. Um, so I grew up that with that as my base. Um, but my parents were also huge fans of Nirvana, and I remember being really little and just hearing Nirvana being played in the house, and it always stuck with me, and I always really liked it. So after that, I just started listening to more bands like that, like Smashing Pumpkins and Radiohead, and like then I started searching like new bands, like more like hardcore bands, and I got into Fiddler, which, I mean, they're not, like, hardcore, but they are pretty punk rock. And then I met Stosh, and she showed me, like, all of these, like, 70s, 80s punk music. And I was just like, this is amazing. <laughs> and uh, would you say, like, there's much of a scene for uh, the style of music today? Like, in New York and New Jersey? Is that, uh... there, there definitely is a music scene. Well, there, yeah, no, there definitely is. It's just like hardcore punk music or punk grunge in general isn't as popular yeah like what's like, considered yeah. punk now is actually just pop punk and we didn't want to like play pop punk music like it actually bothers us when pop punk is categorized as punk because then it's like what does that make us when we play music you know when like when we go up there people are just gonna think that we're too hardcore and it's like but we're not, we're just, it's just punk, not pop punk. <laughs> well, we're more, I don't know, we're, we're like a fine line between, like, some of our riffs are, I mean, I guess they're from, like, hardcore yeah. punk shit, but we do have, like, a lot of melody and a lot of more sludginess, so I guess we're, we say, like, garage punk grunge, like, we don't really know what we are, but... <laughs> we just write music, yeah. and it sounds good to us. <laughs> but there there's definitely a scene, it's just, it's not as popular uh, when it comes to, like, what we play. There's, it's more of, like, yeah, either pop punk or the new, like, hardcore, where it's, like, that... Easy core. Yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. But I mean, they're all <laughs> super talented. So, but I mean, especially on Staten Island, we do a lot of networking. So we're friends with like a lot of bands, and they're all super nice. And we, you know, we try to book as many shows as we can and stuff yeah. like that. It's definitely hard to break into the scene in New York because part of me kind of like feels like there is no punk scene in New York. I feel like New York is ma mainly just like rap and like indie. Um, so we're still trying to break into a punk, uh, like the punk scene and it's, I mean, we've been doing good so far, but I don't know. It's all West coast. Like punk is thriving in the West coast in California. I know like a, a few years back there was um, like ABC, no Rio and some up m yeah. more places. Right. So. And like, we've tried to play in those places, but what's really hard about playing in the actual city is that uh, you're, you have to be like 21 to play. And we're not 21, you know, when we started this band, we were 16, and, like, who's, like, what bar or underground club is going to want to book a bunch of 16-year-old girls, you know, like, so it was really hard for us to break into it, maybe in a couple years, 
um, New York will be like a good place for us to play, but we want to branch out at least um, in terms of like recording and stuff like that, like just so we can get out of New York until we're apparently of age. So uh, how would you describe, I guess, the songwriting process uh, and like how long does it take to come up with new material? Uh, it really depends. Sometimes, you know, especially for one of our songs, Aunt Jenny's Got My Back, that we, I think we released that last December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, that song took me 15 minutes to write in class. I had the entire melody, chords, everything. But then there are some songs that take a few months. But, Three I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually how I start it is I, I write a poem. Like, I don't have the intentions on writing a song. It just happens to be like, you know, the fucking scribble in like the back of my notebook or during class or something and then i'll you know come up with a riff and then i try to fit or try to match like syllables and um with like the beats and everything on top of the riff and that's how um, yeah hey and Callie kid too yeah hey and Callie kid was straight up a poem in my <clears throat> notebook and then i she just took it and just started singing over whatever i was coming up with and i mean that's that's usually how i do yeah. it it's usually a poem verse and, like, I'm really blessed to have Sasha in my band because she writes, like, 500 songs a day. <laughs> and I ha- I recently, like, to me, it goes, like, both ways. Like, I'm either writing all the time, like, just, like, a song every 30 minutes, or I don't write at all. I haven't written a song in months. Um, but that's all right, because I got Sasha. <laughs> and you, you do uh, more of the lyrical thing, and uh, Natasha does the musical side? Is that how it goes, or...? Uh, no, we kind of just write our own songs, so Stash will write lyrics and riffs and every idea that she has, and that's her own song, and then she shows it to us, and we do it the way that she sees it, and then same thing, like, I write lyrics and a riff and everything, and then they, I mean, I'm not, like, so I don't play guitar, so I can't write, like, a whole song, so I just kind of show them what I have and we work from there, um, so it's not, like, I don't, there aren't too many songs that we've written together. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I mean, I guess because I just, I have, like, a set, not on a set format, idea. but I definitely, like, when I hear a hook, it has to be delivered the way that I want it. And then, obviously, I can take, like, you know, any sort of input into it, but you know, there's some songs that we've written together and stuff House. like that. House, yeah, that was, like, a mistake. Like, I messed yeah. up, and I'm like, wait. <laughs> but, um, yeah, usually it's, like, we write our own shit, come together, and then we kind of pick and choose what sounds the best and, like, mm-hmm. what the people would, like most could hear and then we just elaborate from that i guess it does it uh you can write like a lot of songs relatively quick since it's sort of like the simple punk format i guess just uh... um the simple punk songs yeah uh there are a couple songs that we have that are more grunge or sludgier like we have like some like alice and chains vibes some like yeah you know like mud honey vibes um those are like a, a more complicated songs but the reason that they're so easy to us is because they're like kind of emotionally exhausting to um to write like we have this new song called serotonin i wrote it in like 20 minutes but it's such a like sludgy and like just an overall like amazing song so- and it's just because like um i just poured my heart into it and that's basically like what music means to us so sort of like uh, I guess Melvin's influence or is that or yeah them too absolutely and uh, what's it been like uh, playing shows I know you played the Meat Locker or... oh my or... god <laughs> no joke the best show that ever. was the best like we I think about that show like once a day 
That was amazing. Yeah. It's like this like little dark basement and like it just makes you sweat so hard. I remember like our first show at the Meat Locker, we were wearing dresses. We went to we do themes for every show, and that theme was prawn. So, oh, so I wore it was, like, different costumes each time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so we, I wore like this backless white lace dress, but like the Meat Locker makes you sweat so much. And one of our friends came up after our set, and he went to, like, pat me on the back. <laughs> but I was so sweaty that he just looks at his hand in horror. He was like, wow. Well, I mean, the meat, lo- <laughs> the meat locker is, it's, it's, it literally is a meat locker. Like, it, it's just, there's just graffiti, there's stickers everywhere. It just smells gross. It's bras hanging like, from the ceiling. Yeah, there's bras hanging from the ceiling, and people are just, like, total hardcore punks there and everything. And we were like... This place is so gross. Like we have to freak everybody out. So we were like, let's just go in straight up gowns and yeah. <laughs> in heels and shit, and then doing loser punks, which is um, yeah, probably one of the most chaotic songs mm. we have, which is like the only one that I sing because I can't sing. Um, <laughs> loser punks is like just this fast song that I sing, and then Maria plays guitar, and then uh, we have our drummer or whatever, and I just. I purposely dive into the crowd and just kind of push everyone around and get everyone riled up. But it, it's it's online, you can see it. But everyone yeah, that, just goes yeah. insane. And like, that one guy like lifted you up, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he lifted me. I was not. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I'm in the air. Um, <laughs> but when I did that the first time he played there, I was like in heels, jumping around. Yeah. Like, I just I don't even know. I remember like we have two really surf songs, and there's this <laughs> <laughs> the headless Mary. <laughs> plastic statue of the Virgin Mary and like we start playing our surf song and all of a sudden the crowd just splits in two and this one guy who looks like a pirate just grabs the statue and like starts surfing like, he, <laughs> like just starts surfing across the the where like all the people are and all of a sudden all these people are like pretending to surf on the Virgin Mary statue it was so crazy it was amazing I guess uh, the meat locker is like uh, I think the only one I know of in New Jersey like that, right? This sort of like a CBGB's kind of... Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. like the modern There's nothing CBGBs. like that in, in yeah. New York like anymore. And it actually depends because it depends like what bands play there because I know a few that went and they didn't have the same experience that we had. They were like, oh, people were really quiet and I was like, oh, fuck that. Well, like, we had a good crowd. Most of our crowd were like like either friends or they were friends of friends. So it was a really like, it was yeah. kind of like a community type crowd. Yeah. And, uh, so, I guess what what do you have planned for the future as far as your music? And so, I mean, as of right now, um, we're in the process of recording our first album. We just want to get it on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and just um, promote that a lot because that's what we've been playing for the past year. The second, we're over it. <laughs> the second album is already done. It's already written. We all have our parts. Um, we're gonna work with this guy Adam Tilzer on the island, and um, we're just planning on. Recording that, that should be maybe done, I want to say, latest, like, April. Um, and that's what we're going to kick off the summer with. So we're trying to do that. We're doing as many um, interviews, magazine, you know, articles. and Yeah, everything that we're doing right now is mainly just, like, media stuff rather or like, you know, just getting music out there and, like, um, well, yeah, just media stuff. Um, and then uh, when summer comes around, we'll have more time to play shows and really go, like, all in. Um, but we're actually playing a show this Saturday, which is the first time that we were, like, debuting the, the new second songs. One. Yeah. yeah. So we should have someone record that one, because yeah. it's, it's all brand new stuff. And it's a lot more... Um, it's heavier. It's a lot heavier. It's just a lot... Like, the first album? Yeah, yeah the, 
yeah, the first album, we were all like 16, 17, like really like young. <laughs> we're still young, but like, <laughs> so like, <laughs> but like, uh, it was just a lot more fun. It was like, it was like an I don't care attitude. And then the second album is more like, it's more personal. Like, um, it's darker. Yeah, it's yeah. darker. So, um, are there like a lot of bands in the area you've enjoyed playing with or whose style, I guess, sort of yeah. goes along with yours? Okay, shout out. Here's a list of shout outs. Shout out to NRK. Hey. Shout out to the Hannahs. The Hannahs. Um, shout out to uh, Figurehead, Prince Midnight, The Government. These are all bands, which is really funny. Like, these are all bands that like didn't even know we existed, even as like just people. And I remember, like, we used to go see them, and then it progressed into, like, later on, like, we started opening for them, and then we started doing, like, um, headlining shows and stuff like that. And it was just, like, it's really cool to see that progress with other bands on the islands to see how, like, we became nobodies. And now, like, I remember um, after one of our last shows, there, I was talking to this guy outside, and he was like, yeah, like, you guys just popped up in the scene out of nowhere. And it was, like, it was just really nice to hear that, to see, like, how fast we've made progress and like just to see where we're going. Absolutely. And I, even the kids that we've played with, we all became so close. Like, yeah, we follow each other. Like we tell each other everything. We're always hanging out. We're always partying together. And like, you know that they like they just have your back and they're yeah. super supportive. And to be honest, oh, radioactive material. Radioactive material. Oh. Them, they're awesome. But um, they, you know, I realized that all of those bands, they kind of, they didn't really know each other and. Until yeah. we started like booking like a lot, a lot of local shows. Yeah, like the Island. government. Like, the, midnight, yeah, like, no, they yeah. didn't know each other. And then I really think like through us, like Mistis and the Hannahs, government, the Hannahs, radioactive material, the government, like everybody started learning who each other was, and it was all yeah. because of like we like we're, like, created, like our community. own scene. <laughs> no, seriously, I mean, I'm, I'm not. We couldn't find the real punk scene, so we just made our own. <laughs> what happened was in I went to Notre Dame High School on the island on uh, Staten Island and. The only scene that I knew about was Tornstall Midnight, and it was like you know high school like rock bands, and then the government, and they were from um, Farrell All Boys School, and I was like, that would be so sick because I go to an all girls school. Let me start an all girl band. Yeah. And then and then you know they didn't really acknowledge us at first, <laughs> and then they heard our stuff, and now we're like closer than ever. And then so. we were an all girl p- uh, band playing at an all boys school. Yeah, that was, <laughs> we literally opened up like. <laughs> we in played, the friggin' barrels. Yeah, we played in the barrel lobby for like yeah. an all boys school in front of a bunch of girls. <laughs> in front of like a cross. Yeah. And, like, fuck <laughs> you to the band. Like, it was so bizarre. <laughs> so, uh, would you like to see like more girls in the scene, or is there already like a lot of good bands with uh, like female members? Or um, There actually is not a lot of girls that I know about in the New York scene. I've heard. That's um, like indie. Well, Pussy Wolf, oh, yeah. they're friggin' good. Like they're fr- they're from the end that I heard. I've never seen them play. I've heard some of their stuff. They're older, but um, I've heard of them. I've heard of like Lady Business or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, Lady Sharp Business. Violet or something. I'm not too sure who they are, but like, there's definitely not enough girls in the scene at all. No, we're, we're I the remember, only like, we're the only girl band right now. Yeah, like I, our first show was not the summer that just happened, but the summer before that, and I was 16, Sasha 17. And our drummer was also 16, and we played in Brooklyn. Sorry, this was our second show. And we showed up in, like, like dresses, and, you know, and, like, there were all these other guys playing. And, like, this guy, like, had his equipment on top of ours, 
So after they got off, it was our t- our turn to set up. So we go, hey, could you move your stuff so we could t- like set up? And they were just so like genuinely surprised <laughs> that we were the ones playing. And like after that, I was like, oh, like you should stick around for our set. And they were like, yeah, we'll see. And like that just like mind boggled me the fact that you wouldn't take me seriously just because we're girls. And and like we like as soon as we hit that first note, like everyone just started crowding around and like it was such a great show and. I remember, like, one person walked across and, like, was going somewhere, but then he stopped to watch the rest of our set. And then after that, like, they all just came up to us. They were gassing us so hard. And it's like, no, no. You weren't there in the beginning. You can't be here now. (laughs) So you've run into that a lot? Like, people not being open to hearing you at first? Yeah, Yeah, or, like, like, we don't get taken seriously. They were so not. It's almost like we can't possibly know as much as, like, of punk rock as well, they do. Well, not only that, but I mean, we started the band, I was, yeah, we were both 17, and fucking Jewel and Bell were 16, so like, you know, you have 20, 21-year-old guys. grown guys, yeah. and they're like looking at these teenage girls, they're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> why, like, why do they have a 10, 30, 11 o'clock slot, and we have an 8 o'clock slot? Like, they were yeah. getting, like, upset. But then, once they heard us play, they, you know, they wanted to record us and everything, so we just, you can't be, you can't be nasty. We just yeah. were like, all right, let them do what they want. We'll just play our set and see what happens. And every time we've had positive feedback, thank God. But Remember, um, I'm not going to say where, when this was, but that one show where, like, the guys, like, like the guys were just like. Oh, the overspray show. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so, like, they just awkward. Like, they did say nice stuff, but yeah. you, know, you could just tell that they just, it's just because we're girls, honestly. Like, we'd be like, okay, like, like come in, you know, there's, like, you know, people were spread out and everything. We just wanted, to, like, to have, like, an intimate, um, like, relationship with the audience. And, like, they were just so weird about it. And they were so weird about us. And, like, we're just over it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you see it, like, becoming more inclusive, like, as, thing, as uh, time goes on, I guess, with more bands? Or is that just something that's always going to be there, that attitude sort of? Yeah, I mean, we're both really social girls. We become friends with anyone and everyone. Yeah, I don't and, shut like, up. <laughs> I, really <laughs> I let her do the talking. Um, so uh, hopefully it, will, it won't stop. Hopefully we'll just keep meeting new bands and we'll keep making more friends and playing more shows. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Is it is it interesting? It's like a a style that keeps to seems to keep like uh, going on, like even with like the younger younger generations like different people get because it never really i guess was like super popular so it wasn't like a phase or whatever like the real punk and like hardcore and everything yeah we like to joke yeah. that we're like the new like olympia scene no we <laughs> honestly like we joke about that but you know people have written some articles about uh, i think like new york news music source or something um Oh, yeah, they New did York an State article about us. Magazine. No, and even when we did the show, we opened up for the Dolly Rots in August last year in, um, in Brooklyn. And every time, like, we didn't even say anything. They just, they would label us as Riot Girl. And, like, they yeah. would say, I think they said, like, Jigsaw Youth, like, meet the new Riot Girls or something like yeah. that. We didn't even, I mean, we did say that we definitely are inspired by that movement, but we didn't say, like, we are. Yeah, again. it was like, they just took honor. it upon themselves, which is, which is completely flattering like I, i'm i'm down <laughs> You're right, i'm down to be compared to the best right. i remember one time like daughters daughters of the witches you didn't burn yeah <laughs> um i remember one time someone said to us that like if bikini kill and fugazi had a baby it would be us 
and like I just wanted to cry because I was the best compliment. Like, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, uh, because we posted a video of us covering waiting room at Meat Locker. Oh my god! Hmm. I was like, I watch that video every day. <laughs> like on Facebook, I think it hit eleven, like eleven thousand, yeah. like eight views. That was wild. Yeah. yeah, and like I don't know after like. So I posted that video, and then that this girl made that comment, and it was just so nice. And it's like, ah, I just love it. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, because, like, um, when I was, like, 17, that was, like, 10 years ago, I was, like, getting into, like, Fugazi, Minor Threat, and then, like, it's kind of neat to, like, now <laughs> the, even the younger generation is getting into that, too. It's sort of like, that kind of music never really goes away, in a way. That yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like it has to do, like, I've noticed right now, like, the punk fashion is, like, coming back into, like, mainstream. And, you know, like, that might upset a couple punks because everyone's afraid of posers. But you never know. That could introduce a bunch of new people to punk rock and then it'll just keep thriving. Yeah. Well, like, Minor Threat and, like, uh, I guess Dead Kennedys really didn't go too much for the look. It was more just about... It's you know, not the message about, and the attitude. Yeah, yeah. really not. Because punk, it's it's. I mean, that's when we show up in dresses and like. Yeah, but I, no, what I'm saying is like you don't conform. That that's basically what it is. And yeah, everyone thinks punk is like a style, but it's really just a mindset. Like, it's, it's, it's not. Just yeah, a it's just whatever you want to. It's literally whatever the fuck you want to do. As long as you're, as long as you're real. As long as you tell the truth, you speak the truth, and you stick up for people, and you don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I've seen, like, punks, like, get all snobby and everything because they think other other punks are, like, posers or because they think other people are just posers. And it's well, like, the kids that we met, like, at the meat locker, <coughs> they were they were authentic. Like, they were yeah. just genuine. They genuinely cared about, like, what we had to say. And, you know, during one song, we have uh, this song called Ditsy and Dumb. It's basically about, like, it's against stereotypes about um, women or just about anyone, really. Um just going against uh, that we're, you know, ditzy and dumb and we don't know anything. You can't, you know, yeah. do the same shit that anyone else can. And it, that goes for anyone um, if it deals with, like, racial issues and um, whatever it is. But when we do that, there's, like, a breakdown in the song where, like, we kind of lose our mind and start screaming into the <laughs> mic about, like, political shit and, you know, stereotypes. And, like, they genuinely care. And they're yeah. like, oh, when you did that, blah, blah, blah. Like, they listen. And that, that's what you need. You need people who, who yeah. support. So but you're, sometimes, like, you're a I'll punk walk... if you support. Yeah. But sometimes, like, I'll walk down St. Mark's and I'll see, like, a bunch of punks that, like, like you know they they look at you and they're, like, judging you so hard just because you're not, like, oh, yeah. as cool. I'm quote-unquote cool as them. And it's like, you're just a poser. Like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so you're saying, like, the people who get super, like, hung up on fashion and trying to, like, I yeah, guess, quote-unquote, like, B-punk are sort yeah, of turning like, it into an alternative form of conformity or whatever. The, yeah, that's why we... Yeah. Well, honestly, I... No, don't get me wrong. I love the whole punk fashion thing. Like, I love the studded... I mean, I do wear it, but then sometimes I'm like... But that's because we, like... But that's just because like I like it. But yeah. some people, like, they literally take it seriously. I'm like, bro, chill out. Like, yeah. what do you think you are? Yeah, that's why... Like, the second you say that you're in a band, they're like, what... I'm like, yeah, bro, what's wrong like, with you? you? <laughs> like, or I hate when, like, they just, like, think that they know more about you, and it's, like... It's just, like, a, it's a mainstream you. thing now. Models are starting to go to, like, fucking Search and Destroy. Meanwhile, like, that yeah. was our spot, and so yeah. now Seriously. we're, like, shit. Search and Destroy. Well, I like, think, like, Kim Kardashian was wearing, like, a punk, uh, uh like, a patch kidding? of, like, some yeah, Japanese well, I mean, punk band. Like, punk yeah. <laughs> like, mainstream fashion. 
but you could look at it you could look at it both ways you could look at it as like but it's going to be a a bunch of people like pretending to be punk or it could introduce a lot of kids to punk rock no because um no i i can't stand that shit because people are just starting to wear fucking shirts like as if they know it but they don't understand the message behind it like enough with this fashion bullshit like literally yeah. they it's like when feminists you know, are like forever 21 and they're like ooh, remove and you're <laughs> <Yeah>. like what <laughs> yeah. you're like what but i mean score for me because i like them and, <laughs> and the shirt's like 10 bucks but you know it's just it kind of sucks if it if it really does like hit it hard into, like, the mainstream world. Yeah, but also, we live in a time where, like, we have so much information at our fingertips. Like, if you are ignorant, it's because you choose to be ignorant. So if you're a poser, it's because you choose to be a poser. Like, it takes two seconds to look up what your t-shirt is, like, you know? Yeah. When I think in the old days, it was harder to find bands, too, right? Like, people had to do, um, like, tape trades and everything. Now you just, like, look up whatever band on the internet. Everything's on YouTube. Like yeah, but I think era, that yeah. makes it harder because there's so many bands now. Like, how do you get, you know, social media coverage for your band? Like, I'd honestly We're rather good just. At it, I feel like. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean we've been part, doing pretty good, but I wish I could just like print a bunch of flyers, put them all over the place, and like. I've just... done that. It's not as effective as. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems fun. <laughs> yeah, like it's. I haven't heard of like uh, any like underground punk bands have like become like popular on like even like a cult following level recently yeah well i mean babes in toyland has like eight thousand followers on instagram that's it well to be honest with you that that's that's the thing if you're super hardcore punk to the point where you're like scream like you know like the band like the band scream yeah if you're you know somewhere like that it's hard to actually make it because you're not appealing to a mass amount of crowd like you're appealing to kind of this this like micro crowd yeah. yeah so with us we do you know what let's throw in this heavy riff let's you know let's let's make it sound like this let's throw in this like melody so we're we're kind of covering the punks the grunge people the the alternative side sometimes like we did the rap for loser punks like, yeah. let's throw in some like rock rap like we try to cover you know, with it's not just about appealing to the crowd. But we I, try to cover a lot of bases. That way we can have a bigger crowd. That way we can have more people join together. You know, it's like, let's play what's mostly male-dominated like male dominated and everything. But we're all girls. And, yeah. this is, you know, so I just feel like it's more appealing that way for everybody. Yeah. But it's not like we try. Like, when we read a song, like, I don't go, oh, I'm going to try to make this sound grunge as fuck. Like, yeah, no. no like, it just, it just, just comes sound, out. Though. Yeah. Like, our songs just come out that way. But then when you analyze it and you break it down, that you know, each, each yeah. sound, the drum track, whatever, you're like... Like, just take it as, like, Alice and James, and, like... But then USA Death Metal is, like, more like Black Flag shit. Yeah. So it's... Yeah. We, we, we flip-flop. <laughs> we have a lot of diversity in our music. No, but then Flirts on Fire is still Flirts on Fire is, like, Green so Day. <laughs> so, um, I guess what would be the ultimate like goal with your band like where would you like to one day be if you could be anywhere with it um we just want to be really successful at least in the underground um you know i mean if we could be like mega stars like nirvana that'd be really great but (laughs) (laughs) that'd be cool but we just want to make it in the underground and just play like we want to make a healthy living out of it (laughs) yeah i don't want to you know if i don't 
like we don't have to be fucking superstars. Like, just let me be financially stable <laughs> yeah, and play guitar. Let me like be able to afford my apartment and like. Eat. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it it really matters most about like who listens to us and who appreciates us and who we meet out of that. Like, I like the connection. I I don't make money off of this really. I mean, like we do with the shows and stuff, but Sometimes, yeah. you know, we we have jobs and everything. But what really makes my day where like what really hits me is like the relationships that I've made and that you know drives me to write more songs like yeah like know. when people like sometimes we get messages either on instagram or like our tumblr or facebook and, and it's so nice it's so nice we get messages of like girls or even guys like even guys message us and they're like you're such an inspiration like they just gas us so hard they say all these really amazing things and that makes me want to keep going and i always we always respond we always have like a personal connection with every single person that talks to us like i never want any of like I hate saying fans. I never want any of our listeners to, like, feel intimidated of talking to us. Like, we're your friends. We'll always be your friends. We're like, just like you. Yeah, we're just like you. We, just we are losers. <laughs> we're losers. Um, and we just, like, it just motivates us when people aren't afraid to, like, message us and, and tell us all these things. Like, we're so happy that we could make your day. Like, this girl messaged me today, and she was like, you inspired me to start a girl band. And, like, that's amazing. Like, we're complete nobodies, and we inspired this girl to start a band. <laughs> like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. That's like, yeah. yeah, like, how many bands started because of Nirvana? How many bands started because of us? Yo. Well, what about, no, what about, like, what about, like, when Alicia came up to us at the show, and she she pinned that thing to her oh, shirt? Oh, yeah. Like, she made her own shirt, and it was like, I, I love Jigsaw Youth, or it was like, Jigsaw Youth is God, or something like that. And then she, like... Almost started crying. She was like, I love you guys so much. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, we love you too. You know, it's just, it's those relationships. So that's what I love. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the one advantage for being like a smaller band and playing the smaller clubs is like you get to connect with more people. Because I know yeah, like when you make it super big, you have to charge for a meet and greet. Or, yeah. What? Oh, when you make it like super big, you have to charge for a meet and greet and it's not quite as personal yeah, no, I, was just, I was just like we were just talking about this in the car on the way over here and like i i was like saying like no matter how like let's say like we get really big i think it'd be really cool to like ask fans like if we if we like booked a tour but like playing at fans houses like imagine we imagine like your favorite band playing in your living room That'd be so cool. And that's like our tour. Like, I would love to have a tour where we just play at people's houses all over the country. Cool. So, uh, I guess, is there anything uh, you would like to say before we wrap up? Like, anything we didn't cover about your music or anything? Uh, I don't think so. I think, I think we've covered mostly what we stand for and everything. Yeah, Jigsaw Youth is Life. In the process. <laughs> the process of songwriting. Cool. We just uh, get out there. We want to get out of the basement. Thanks for interviewing us. By yeah, the thank way. you so much. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. I always like uh, interviewing people about like uh, their passion and their craft or whatever. Like sort of, you know, people. Uh, I guess taking the DIY approach with what yeah, they do. Yeah, that's basically yeah. like what we want to do. Like, I was with some friends um, on their tour, and on their last night, we watched this documentary that was on Big D and the Kids Table. And it was kind of like, they're just like this DIY, like, ska band, and they're just so amazing. And they, they've made it really big in the underground world. Like, they're really popular. They're really, really amazing. Um, 
and the documentary is basically like them giving you tips and advice and everything and i just want to like follow that documentary like religiously and just get to where they are cool yeah uh so i guess people could find you at jigsaw youth or where where should they look to find you on social media uh we're really active on instagram which is jigsaw youth band uh that's if you want to like reach out to us but if you want to listen to us we have youtube SoundCloud. yeah you can type in jigsaw youth on youtube or if you want uh <coughs> facebook jigsaw youth as well um Bandcamp is jigsawyouth.bandcamp.com we should be putting new newer stuff on there in like three weeks or so yeah for all of our tags i always put band at the end because then like if you look up just jigsaw youth it'll come up as bikini co song <laughs> But there's also this other band from, like, Florida that's called Jigsaw Youth. So I love Nah, but they haven't done anything in, like, three years. They so. played that show, and then, then that booker got... There's, like, there were... No, there were two bands. No, that's a different band. There was, like, uh, some band from D.C., some group of guys, and I was just, like... They literally came up, like, two months ago, and I was like, no. We've been a band for, like, years now. You've got to go. So... <laughs> yeah, like, there's this other band from Florida that's, like, named Jigsaw Youth. And after I saw that, I was like, okay, we have to get really big. I so did some... They have to be the ones to change I did their some name. hardcore research, and I was like, how long have they been around? <laughs> like, literally, like, when we found out, it was, like, a week. I was like, they have no likes on Facebook. They have... They're nobodies. Like, they need to... Leave. <laughs> I was like, we have to get big, so they have to be the ones to change their names. <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for doing the interview. I'll yeah, probably, uh, yeah. I'll just, like, put an intro. I usually do the intro and the outro separate. So, okay. like, I think this is, yeah. We got enough for, like, a podcast episode, I think, so. Awesome. Do you know when it's going to be up? Um, Probably, like, either this weekend or, like, next week or, like, probably, like, by Friday I'll have it up. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much again. Yeah, thank you. So wait, what do you, you just put up, like, the audio for it? What do you do? I put up the audio and then I do, like, a YouTube video with pictures, and I've done, like, a, have, I, I know you, are you too fan of, uh, Crass, or, at all? The band? Uh, I've heard of them, but I've never actually, Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, Steve Ignorant was one of the people I interviewed, too. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that you sent that. um, Yeah. I know that they're pretty big, so we were excited to do this. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, I go kind of like all across the board. Like, I've interviewed comedians and like artists, all sort of oh, people. Like, awesome. they're like going after their passions and like. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll let you know when it's up. I, I actually was like working on some music with like uh, some people recently too, so maybe I'll send you that as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Punk is about support. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, yeah, it was cool uh, talking to you guys. And uh... All right, so that's about it for this episode of BSing with Sean K. I hope you enjoyed the interview with uh, Jigsaw Youth. I enjoyed talking to them. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to keep updated with future episodes of BSing with Sean K, go to bsingwithseank.blogspot.com. That's BSing with Sean K. Blogspot.com. And there's a link to my Twitter, my Facebook, my YouTube, and uh, a link also uh, a place where you can subscribe to my RSS feed as well. And yeah, that's about it for this episode. I'll catch you in the next one.